Yeah. Go ahead. Did I say my name? No. Yeah. Okay. Hear Me is a conduit for students to contribute their voices to meaningful conversations and raise awareness around youth issues. We amplify their voices using media and technology to create a world where they are heard, acknowledged, and understood, giving them the, the power to inspire social change. Welcome to the inaugural Hear Me podcast. We are really excited to share with you some of our favorite projects and student stories. Each month, Hear Me will be publishing a new podcast with each episode focusing on a different campaign or project and including stories from students. You can subscribe to our podcast through a podcasting app or by visiting our website to hear the individual podcasts. The first podcast we will do will be about our youth police relations campaign that was run in the spring of 2014. But before we start telling you about one of our projects, we wanted to share a little bit about the history of Hear Me and why we do what we do. Hear Me launched in the fall of 2010 with the mission of bringing together classroom learning, creative expression, technology, and community engagement to empower kids in Southwestern Pennsylvania of all ages and backgrounds to document and share their experiences with adults and with each other. To start this process, Hear Me had a lot of support from our partners who were the Carnegie Libraries of Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Association for the Education of Young Children, the Saturday Light Brigade, and the Consortium for Public Education. The original concept for Hear Me was to help kids document their ideas and stories, then share these stories with everyone in southwestern Pennsylvania. If they were hearing from students, hopefully they would be thinking about students more and making decisions that would improve the area and make it the best place to be a kid. It's a big idea, but it's a good one. The old adage of kids should be seen but not heard is rarely said today, but the concept still applies when rules or policies or practices are being developed and implemented. For example, principals rarely ask students before they create and implement new discipline policies. Hear Me was supposed to be a way to interrupt that process of student-excluded decision-making by reminding adults that kids have important and useful ideas and input. Figuring out what kinds of stories from students were worth sharing was one of the first big questions Hear Me had to tackle. We decided that stories should be true first-person stories, but that we'd leave it up to students or their adult leader as to what the stories would be about. However, when you ask a student to share a story, be ready for all kinds of stories. Hi, my name is Adrian and I'm six years old. I go to Emerson. When I grow up, I want to be a baker because I love to bake. I like to bake cake. You need flour, eggs, water, milk, and you put it all in the oven. My name's Garrett. I'm 14 and I go to Fox Chapel. I'm going to be talking about summer vacation and what I'm going to be doing. I'm mostly going to go to swimming pools and just hanging out with friends. Just walking around and ordering food, I guess. That's about it. My name is Meyer. I'm a kindergarten Pittsburgh Allegheny. I like wheels. Wheels jump backwards. Then I have furry teeth, like a mustache. So they eat fish and gruel. They eat all kinds of fish, and they never let them go at all. Wheels leave in the ocean by swimming, and they deep water swimming. I saw a whale underwater at the beach, and it splashed, and it showed his teeth by opening his mouth. Whales make the sound. Ooh. A whale is this big. You can't pick it up. It's 100 pounds. But a dinosaur can pick it up because they're really strong. 
a big building is the same size as a wheel. But if it eats all that stuff, then it's going to get bigger. <laughs> we quickly learned that we would need to redefine what a Hear Me story is so that they should be more than just a first person and true. Because while it's really cute to hear my ear share some whale facts uh, and using the word facts loosely, stories like 10-year-old Raheem's experience with trash on his basketball court made more of an impression on listeners. Something I would like to change about the, the na- my neighborhood is to stop litter. Like it gets real trashy and around the trash should be bees and bugs. It'd be making the like port and it'd be making all the bees be there and people be getting stung and getting hurt. People, they try to shoot trash in a garbage can and when they miss, like they don't go and pick it up. They just leave it there. And people, when they don't want their pop no more, they like open it a little bit and then that's when they throw it up in the air and then that's when it busts and then that's when the pop starts leaking and it attracts the bees, like sticky. Usually the janitors, like at our school, because it's the school park, they have these um, older teenagers and that go to the high school. They um, collect the trash and they get paid. No, because the adults don't usually do Or it's the teenagers, like the 18-year-olds. My name is Raheem. I'm 10 years old, and I live in Pittsburgh. So we asked ourselves, what made these stories different, and what would happen if we intentionally tried to get more stories like these? Here we decided to focus on themes students wanted to talk about which were community, education, health and wellness, and environment. While these are still very broad themes, it was an important first step in focusing Hear Me's mission. And students appreciated that they were being asked to give input on topics that they recognize as important and places where their voice had an opportunity to make a legitimate impact. In addition to focusing the types of stories that we were sharing, we also learned that it was really important to work with the students to understand why they wanted to share their ideas and who they wanted to hear them. And the more specific we could be in identifying who should hear the stories, the better the stories became. For example, in 2012, Hear Me partnered on a project with Amachi. Amachi is a mentoring program for children with incarcerated parents. Students at Amachi decided that they wanted to tell their stories about what it was like growing up with a parent in prison, and that they wanted their stories to be heard by parents who are currently incarcerated. So Amachi students interviewed peers about their experience growing up with an incarcerated parent and put together a short mashup of their stories. These stories were eventually shared with incarcerated parents in the Allegheny County Jail as part of their reentry program to prevent recidivism. Talk to me about any challenges that you may face having an incarcerated parent. That when one is away, you can only look up to one parent and you might need both. Well, since my dad's incarcerated, I don't have like a man to look up to. I gotta like figure stuff out by, on my own. I know this is kind of a personal question. What about financial challenges? Yeah, we, sometimes we have trouble paying the bills, but sometimes I'll go work, cut people's grass, and help out a little bit. We got to eat somehow. You know, because then you just get to the point where you're just fed up with asking people for stuff. If you could tell your parent one thing, or if you ask your parent one question, what would it be? Oh, I would definitely ask him something. And the question I would ask him is, was he thinking of me when he did the crime he did, or did he think of family in general? You know, because it's just it's a big it's a bigger impact of what parents don't know what happened to kids after the fact that they get incarcerated. You know, they think they have the bad life, they think everything happens to them because they're in jail themselves, but they don't realize what happens outside of jail to the families that they were involved with. So you know, I just want to ask him, like, were you thinking of me and your family 
when you did what you did. Did you not think you going to jail would affect me? Why did you leave me? Like, why wasn't you there? How would it make you feel to get that answer? It'll, like, make me feel good, but at the same time, it'll make me feel bad. Why did he do what he did when he knew he had a son? And to stop playing games with my brother, because when we was younger, uh, Tony was really hurt because his dad chose to see his girlfriend over him, and that really hurt him a lot. So, like, I've always wanted to tell him to get his life together. Like, I didn't want to be disrespectful because he's an adult. It affects us way more than they think because um, when, like, our friends and stuff come around and they'll be like, where's your dad or something, and, like, y'all aren't around, it, like, hurts us because we don't have y'all there. Uh, even if it seems like we have everything together, we don't. Kids are very good at only showing you what they want to show you. Parents who heard these stories were also given time to reflect and respond back to the stories that the Amachi students had shared. If you visit the Hear Me Facebook page, you can see the responses from these parents. In working with the students, the students help identify who is the target audience that need to hear those stories. But it's also really important that the general public hears the stories from students. To do this, Hear Me began to publicly curate Hear Me stories through our tin can installations, also called our kiosks. If you haven't seen one of these before, it's a play on the old-fashioned toy that has two cans with a string between them. Each display has a tin can that you put up to your ear, and when you push the button, you can hear an audio clip of a student talking. There's also a way to write back to the student whose story is featured, using note cards provided in the display. You can see displays at the Carnegie Libraries, the Warhol Museum, Espresso Amato, and other local businesses and organizations. One of these displays was at Square Cafe and featured a story by Tatiana about the frustrations she was feeling at her school. Just as an aside to this story, uh, it was recorded in 2012, and since then there have been changes in the administration. Hi, my name is Tatiana. I'm 17 years old and I attend Wilkinsburg High School. There's really no structure in our school because I've seen kids push each other and there would be nothing done to them. We're not looked at, we're not acknowledged because we have bullying meetings, but yet there's still bullying going on. For instance, a kid brought a knife to school and a teacher got yelled at for it instead of the kid being talked to or having counseling. There's nothing being done. We're just attending school. It's not even like school to us anymore. It's more of prison. They're worried about cell phones and headphones, but they're not even suspending kids that are getting into fight. So the same kids that are causing trouble are still there and they're not getting help. There's nothing being done. The hallways are terrible. People are pushing and shoving and people are just being bullied and no one's hearing our cry for help. I think the behaviors are bad because they allow it to be bad. They're not saying anything. They're so busy worried about us pulling our pants up. Yes, I understand that, but they also need to worry about our safety. They need to get the halls in control, maybe add more security guards. I really love Wilkinsburg. I want to say I'm from Wilkinsburg. In the future, I want to come back and help Wilkinsburg, and I want to share my stories of being there. I don't want to have to tell kids that, yeah, people are getting stabbed and we're getting shot in the school building. I want to tell them the good things. Unfortunately, I can't, and that's why I'm here to make a change. Tatiana had 37 people write back to her. They included responses like, thank you for clearly articulating the issues facing your school and community. It takes courage to speak out and advocate for change. Hopefully your voice will spark action. You can read all of the responses to Tatiana and all of our display responses on Hear Me's Facebook page. 
Around the summer of 2013, organizations started to see Hear Me as a platform where they could learn students' opinions on topics that impacted young people. People started calling Hear Me to request stories about topics like, what does bullying look like to students? Or how do students want to be using technology in school? Sometimes Hear Me already had these stories, like with the bullying stories, but more often we'd have to go out and interview students on these topics. As this started happening more, Hear Me developed this model into a new program called Campaigns. Each campaign would have a different topic and last for about eight months. And Hear Me would partner with an advocacy organization for each campaign, who would help us to connect the students' voices to decision makers. Hear Me's first campaign was in partnership with the Education Law Center of Pittsburgh. Students were interviewed about school climate with a focus on the discipline policies in their schools. We were really interested in learning how discipline policies impacted students' chances at success and whether or not they saw evidence of a school-to-prison pipeline in their schools. Hear Me asked students to answer questions like, do you feel welcome at your school? And does your school have metal detectors? However, this campaign started only a month after the tragic shootings in Newtown, Connecticut, and the tone of the campaign shifted slightly because students who were being interviewed were eager to talk about the role of security officers and safety in their schools. My name is Kristen, I go to Pittsburgh Public, and I'm in the 10th grade. I don't think a gun should be in a school at all. That's not safe. That's not safety at all. Like, you're putting, you're giving security guards who don't even act professional a gun. Like, no, I, I don't like that at all. I'm sorry, that just caught me by surprise. I don't like that. Like, how do you expect them to use that, a gun? Like, in school, what are you going to do? What are you going to protect? I just don't understand that. That's ridiculous. An accident could happen, and a lot of times there are a lot of accidents that's been happening lately. So what happens if you accidentally, like, shot somebody or something? No. There should not be no armed weapons in school. If no kid or like teenager or something should bring in a weapon, why should a adult or a principal or anybody bring in a weapon? I don't think that's right at all. No, I'm very upset about that. My name is Lamont. I'm 18 years old and I go to Shinley High School. One of the things that I would like to see change in my school is the amount of violence. It's really unnecessary. Violence could be very disruptive in class and it takes away from learning time. We're in school to learn, not to be hit on or to be distracted. The crazy thing is, is most of the violence develops from our communities. And I believe that we as students have to step up. We should start clubs to prevent violence. We should have mediations. We don't have to, you know, hurt other people with our words because that can stop them from, you know, growing and wanting to do more, even going to college or having a great future. Hi, my name is Tia, and I am 17 years old. I went to the SEL Student Forum with Dr. Lane. What mattered to me the most was the significance of the racial achievement gap because it explains why I'm usually one of the few African Americans in my honors classes. In Pittsburgh Public Schools, Caucasians are at the top, and African Americans are at the lower part of the achievement. And there's a big gap between the success rate at Pittsburgh Public Schools. We need to fix that by encouraging African-Americans to take honors classes as well and for them not to be scared of the level of difficulty. I encourage my peers to not be afraid to break the cycle of not working up to par in order to decrease the achievement gap. My name is Lexi. I'm 16 and I'm with Amachi Pittsburgh. I mean, safety is like the number one thing anymore over education. It's like you're sitting in class and having and learning a lesson and if a kid drops the f-bomb the teacher will just stop the class completely and be like get out of my class and then you have to sit there and listen to them arguing until one of them just gives up 
and they'll either the teacher will either call security or the student will just comply and then it's just like well there goes that class period i learned a lot the stories from this campaign were submitted as testimony to the pennsylvania state select committee on school climate who were meeting at that time to discuss potential legislation like arming school security officers and strengthening discipline policies with the help of the education law center we were able to make sure that the state select committee was hearing students like lexi and Kristen as they were making decisions that would affect our schools. Since the first campaign on school climate, Hear Me has run five campaigns. If you're interested in participating in a campaign or learning more about our other campaigns, please check out our website. In addition to campaigns, Hear Me supports individual projects, individual Hear Me projects in schools and organizations. Hear Me loans recording equipment and provides free audio and editing training to groups who want to run their own projects. Please contact us if you're interested in participating. An example of these individual projects is a project that Hear Me did in partnership with the Homeless Children's Education Fund, or HCEF, in the summer of 2014. HCEF interviewed students at the Gay and Lesbian Community Center in downtown Pittsburgh about their experiences as homeless unaccompanied minors. An unaccompanied minor means somebody who is under 18 without a legal guardian. HCEF was interested in capturing these stories to help advocate for a more streamlined process of services to homeless education minors. These stories were shared during the HCEF summit, which focused on services for homeless youth. My name is Kitty. I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm staying at Mount Washington in Pittsburgh. Well, first of all, to find stable housing, you have to have some sort of stable income. And a lot of people don't realize how difficult that is. People are like, get a job. It's not as easy as that especially if you don't have any experience. I think that's one of the most difficult things that people don't realize is getting a stable income to find stable housing is kind of the first step. Well, when I needed help, uh, I'd go to a local place, GLCC. They had some resources. There was a couple other places that I stopped in for a meal or whatever. Uh, There definitely needs to be more resources. Uh, There's okay amount, but it's spread fairly thin, at least in Pittsburgh. So having more would definitely be better. Some of the churches I know get involved. It'd be nice to see more of them involved in giving out resources, uh, not just shelter, but like helping with job search or providing a public computer for people. I guess a better way to get resources would just be having them around in more convenient places. Some of the resources that Pittsburgh has are actually pretty far out from the local city, and people don't have the resources to get to those other resources. So even having more transportation resources to get to some of the farther out resources would be useful. My name is Salim, age 20. I am originally from Europe, Bulgaria, born and raised in there and came to the U.S. at the age of six. I currently reside at a homeless shelter. I think what could have there been more of is capable staff that have gone through the proper training and the agencies that I have been involved with It's really more of lack of training and lack of responsibility. TCI, the Therapeutic Crisis Intervention, is a big issue that some of the staff and agencies do not seem to quite do constantly. And I think it's also more of like when it comes to placements, to RTFs, to group homes, to foster homes, I think it's also more of just that dependability of when a child needs to speak to someone who they can go to and trusting-wise because not every child will trust a certain figure. Like me, I had a hard time trusting males, never went to them whatsoever, unless if I had a question. 
when I was younger, I always went to the females because I built more of a personal one-on-one bonding relationship as a counselor to resident type with with the female staff. So I tend to more reach out for the females than the males. And because obviously I was raised with females in the household, every child comes from different backgrounds. Every child has their own stories to tell. It's more the fact of matter of who are they going to tell and can they trust that person not to say anything. My name is Calvin. I'm from Manchester, Pennsylvania. I'm staying on the Hill District. A typical day is like going to work and going back home and go to sleep because I work like at least four or five days a week, so I really have no free time to do anything else. I'm staying in the Hill District. My past six months situation was like, Basically, finding a job. It's difficult because of the good credit that people need to have, a good job, pay the bills, not a lot of money. People get into a house, you know, they mess up one house or they could have not paid bills or you know, got evicted or whatever. So the next house they move into, they can look at that. Go to Urban League, you go to um, Catholic Charities, you know, there's a lot of different programs that help you with. Uh, housing and things like that. I think that they should let the people know about their services better, so a lot of people probably don't got computers and things like that, the way to find out. My name's Masha. I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. I'm currently staying in a bridge housing program. When I need help, I go to the GLCC. It's the only place I feel safe to walk into, even if at times that's not completely true. It's the only place that I feel as somebody who people ID as a woman and who I don't ID as a woman, as a trans individual, that I can walk into and actually be taken seriously and helped. When I walk into other places, such as the welfare office to try and get things situated and find help. It's incredibly uncomfortable. Everybody around me is incredibly aggressive and angry. I can feel it in the air. The workers are not paid enough. They don't care. They don't actually want to help you. Or in the ones that do, they usually don't have the resources or the time. The GLCC, they're not paid to help you, but they do their best. In the four years since Hear Me started, we've tried to listen to the needs of young people on how they want their voices to be heard and how the talents of our team and network can best serve them. We learned that they don't just want to talk, but that they want to share their insight and advice on relevant topics, and that adults can make better policies and practices if they listen to students' opinions. Our methods for amplifying students' voices have come a long way in the last four years, and we are still dedicated to finding the best way to support our young people and promote their voices. When all students can share their concerns, I feel that like problems will like easily get solved. Like not not say like easily get solved, but they can like be put into motion way quicker. Cause a lot of it's just like the time that takes for like a student to actually speak up and say, I don't like how I'm being taught something or whatever the issue is. So I feel like after we can like actually voice our concerns, people will start listening to us and the problems will be solved and it's gonna make school such a better environment. My name's Jordan, I attend Pittsburgh Kappa and I'm in the tenth grade. On the next podcast, we will be sharing stories from Hear Me's Youth Police Relations campaign where students were interviewed about their relationships with police officers in Pittsburgh. I'm glad that you guys are talking to teenagers because I think we deal more with the cops than anybody else. That's next time on the Hear Me podcast.